On this week's episode, Pastor Tim and I talk about if we'd be willing to stay in a dark room for a few days. We also talk about the chosen and how that is impacted by the second commandment. All that and more on this week's episode of Goodwill Talk. Tim, would you uh, would you ever lock yourself in a dark room for five days, no light, nothing, just a totally pitch black room? Would you do that? Would you pay to do that? Well, welcome to Goodwill Talk. This is yeah. I'm just I'm curious. That's, would you do that? Would Would you? Is there like a a person that you feel you actually need to ask that question to? Well, I I so Aaron Rodgers paid to go be in a dark room for days in order to make his decision whether he's going to play in the NFL again. And I'm just curious if you would ever do this, if you would ever lock yourself in a pitch black room for days. Apparently, this is like a new thing. It brings you to a heightened sense of awareness. What's concerning to me is that you apparently don't know me well at all because you have to ask that question. I'm just curious if you would do something like that. Have I already not answered the question? For no, you? you haven't. You're just being snarky, so I'm curious. Would you ever do something like that? Of course not. No? No. I don't know if I would do something like that. That's even more concerning. A pitch black room for five days. I don't know. like Five that, days? I think it was four or five days. Yeah. Well, it was five. I kid you not. The scroll on ESPN was something like Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. And I'm like, wow, it's definitely in the postseason. They're definitely scrimping for headlines now. I just, it, this is a remarkable thing. Like, it, it reminds me of what Jamie Foxx did. Remember, Jamie Foxx played um, Ray Charles. And he actually had something put over his eyes so that he was totally blind, like 18 hours a day. Do you imagine doing that on purpose? Like intentionally blinding yourself for 18? Tim's not even listening. He's just I, over here playing on his phone. Look at him. He's scrolling through Instagram right you're now. You're aware that they can't look, right? He's just, no, I called him out now. Like this is, Tim is on his phone. He's I, not paying attention to a thing I'm saying. Uh, well, because it, this is my subtle way of saying what you're talking about is breathtakingly irrelevant. But hey, who cares? <laughs> this is the banter part. <laughs> this, We're going to get to the relevancy. Uh, this is what people are talking about, Tim. It's, uh, are they they? want to know about Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat. They want to know if that is something that we think would be good for you. And the answer is? It sounds, Tim doesn't know because he's too busy scrolling on his phone to be able to come up with an answer. Silly. But if he comes to the Jets, I'll figure out a way to spin it. <laughs> that's a good idea. I'll out a way Great to spin job, it. Aaron. <laughs> Brilliance. Oh, that's awesome. That is great. Maybe, maybe your quarterback can go on a darkness retreat for a few days. I'd there, rather Tim. get my kicker there. He'd get injured. <laughs> He'd get injured. He'd get injured, He'd get injured in the dark. He'd stub his toe on something because it was yeah, too dark. I, to I, can't see. <laughs> I also can't play for six months. Yeah, that's it. That's the end. That's the end of his career. Oh my god, it's it's funny the things people will do that are fads that just come through. There have been so many bizarre fads that the rich and famous get a hold of. This is a new one though, to intentionally lock yourself in a small room. Like that's I a would, prison cell. I would say come to church, it's free. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and in our church, you'll actually get to see what you're doing. Yeah. Like there are some churches that are like walking into a dark room for hours, but not here. You could probably find a closet if it's really that important to you. If you really want <laughs> a, like a, a, a dark experience with God. We'll lock you in a closet. Come to Goodwill Church. We will lock you in a closet. That's put that on. The, do we have a marketing team? We should. They should put that on social media. Come to Goodwill Church. We'll lock you in a closet. It's good. I'm good. We'll just do this. 
You don't want to do that? You don't want to lock people in closets? I don't want to either. No, that's that's a bad way to start church. Tim has no idea what to do. He has I, no idea. I what am to do. finding it entertaining that you, as the host of the show, have decided to dig this hole for yourself. He's, ab- he's you're, you're in a dark hole guessing. right now. Wait, Jess would have had so much fun with this, and Tim's just looking at me like I'm an idiot. I just, you know. Where's you're Jess telling me that back? Jess is going to have fun and not look at you like you're an idiot when you No, do but it? she's at least laughing and having a good time. And you're just over here like, wow, I'm they laughing gave on this the guy a microphone. Let's put it that way. Oh, good. That helps on a podcast, Tim. As much as them <laughs> seeing me on the phone does. Well, I'm going to call you out if you're playing on your phone when we're supposed to be working. I was That's actually looking at the confession, to be honest with you. Oh, look at him. I kid you not. Look at I him. Was. I was looking up like yeah. a confession. That's like the, pres- That's the Presbyterian Trump card right there. <laughs> actually, I was looking up the confession. That's. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's get to work. So today, um, today we're going to talk about um, uh, really. Uh, it's an interesting conversation that I'm, I'm bringing up, and I, I know it's going to make people more interesting than locking someone in a closet. Well, I mean, maybe I don't know. I'm just going to. Um, so here's the thing: there is a, a very popular television show called The Chosen. And the name of our episode today is Should We Choose The Chosen? We're going to have a conversation. Um, this is the first time I'm hearing the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. Way. No, it's, so, you're fine. You're fine. Thanks for the be, heads up. Roll with it. This was, this was all Tim's idea. Um, <laughs> so here's, here's what, what I want to do. I want to talk about how we should watch shows like this. The Chosen, Passion of the Christ, the Jesus film. There's, um, you know, if you go to Sight and Sound, sometimes you do trips down there. Uh, I remember the first time I actually saw a Sight and Sound show was on TV. It was during the pandemic when they showed Jesus around Holy Week, and it was their Jesus production, um, which was a great production. It was, it was powerful. Um, but there, I have questions, and I think they're helpful questions that I wish more people would ask when it comes to these things, because I think we have a tendency... Um, when something is about Jesus um, and it's well produced, especially when it's well produced, we're like, "Yes, I want that. I and want it's it." Popular. It's popular. It's and it's enter- it's good. It's popular. It's high quality. Because right. here's the thing: Christians have been making movies for a long time, and we've been really bad at it for a long time. Um, when we finally produce something good, people are thrilled, and it, it did. It spread like wildfire. This thing is super popular. Um, you, you go into you know the Apple. Uh, the Apple Store or the Google Store, any store, you're going to find chosen stuff out there. It is a very popular show. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have this thing called the Second Commandment. And the Second Commandment tells us not to have any images of God. And Jesus is God. And it prompts a question. Now, here's, I want to set people at ease real quick. I am not going to tell you not to watch The Chosen. I'm not going to tell you that The Chosen is the worst thing in the world. I'm not going to. I'm not doing that. This is not Marcos jumps up and down on The Chosen Day. This is that Marcos, wasn't the title anyway. That wasn't the title of the show. <laughs> um, this is Marcos asks questions, and and I I want us to I want us to watch these things critically, and I think that when it's good, we uncritically embrace. Um, and I, I just want to ask the question about that. I also think that there's a whole stream in the church, and maybe you've heard these folks, there's a whole stream in the church that are uncritically rejecting it. They're just outright, no, it is a violation of the second commandment. We don't go anywhere near these things. Off. It's awful. The chosen is the worst. 
that group is out there and they're allowed on social media. So maybe people have run into some of that as well. Um, I'm more asking, like, can we have a critical conversation, a thoughtful conversation about how to approach this kind of entertainment that's out there? Because mm -hmm. it is out there. And the folks in our congregation are watching. It. I know they're watching it because they're asking me if I'm watching it. And um, I want to talk about it. That's what we're doing today. So why were you in the confession earlier? What were you looking up? Or were you just in there for fun to one-up me? I, no, it's not. <laughs> I just thought I might want to have questions on the second commandment handy in case you're going to go there. Well, let's start with the second commandment because that might be a, a helpful entree into this conversation. So um, what is the second commandment, Tim? Go ahead and uh, lead us in. What is the second commandment? How does it apply in today's world when there's images of Jesus everywhere? Well, that's going to take us through the rest of the episode. Oh, why not? <laughs> so, All you. I did the first 10 minutes. You get the last 30. So, so you not make any graven image of, or any likeness of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or the water underneath the earth. You shall not make them uh, nor serve them, for I am the Lord the God. I am the Lord thy God and am a jealous God, visiting uh, the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. I'm doing this without my glasses in case everybody's wondering and showing mercy. Way to come prepared, Tim. Showing mercy <laughs> unto thousands of them who love me and keep my commandments. Thank you very much, Marcos. <laughs> so much dead air. Um, <laughs> all right. No graven images. Anything in heaven, anything on earth, anything in the sea. Um, and this is, of course, referring to um, images that you would worship. Right. right. Um, because we do know in the earliest church, they didn't make images of Jesus. They actually carved the ichthus, the Jesus fish. Mm -hmm. um, this was a way to communicate with one another that they were fellow believers. So one person would swipe their foot. The other person would join it into the ichthus. You're talking about two believers because their church is under persecution and there was a way to identify you're one of us or you're not one of us. Um, so it's there, like the right there, handshake. it kind of was. Yeah. Um, there, right there, you have the the Jesus fish. There's the right. making of a of a sea creature. Right, right. So not a symbol, an image is what we, there's right. a distinction. Right? So make that distinction for us. Well, I just did. It's not no, so I an mean, image like, is that which is that is an image of God, or an attempt to capture God okay. in a visible image. A symbol is something that's intended to symbolize. Not image. So this is so, the difference between having I'm a picture. I'm using the word in the definition, which is... You are. Like, that's why I'm like, saying you're not defining it, but thank you. Um, <laughs> no, the... Uh, <laughs> I learned not um, to do that in the second grade. It still isn't stuck. I was going to say, I don't think you learned it. Um, so, <laughs> the, um, so this is the difference between having a picture of a, of a calf and building a golden calf, right? One is a symbol that symbolizes a cow. The other is an image that you worship. And so that's a helpful distinction. These are images that are designed to be worshipped, right. to be um, there in the place of the God. So um, and Aaron... It's, it's probably also helpful to note in, in the ancient world, the command also includes the, the practice in the ancient world of not just creating an image so that you could, in ignorance, worship the image you make, which of course is the prophets critique Israel for doing that a lot, but also that making an image implies the ability to exercise power over the God or manipulate the God. Right. So that's an important component in the ancient yes. world in understanding of why you're not supposed to create an image. So then God makes his own image. Yeah. Um, well, Jesus, first he makes his own image, right? Before that command comes, really, in us. First, well, first so, God, right? So. so there's a distinction here, right? Jesus is the image. 
we are made in the image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is the image of the invisible God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we Absolutely. reflect Jesus. Mm-hmm. We are made in his image. We are not the image. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the image. There is a slight dis- distinction there that's mm-hmm. important. Um, but Jesus is the image that is created. So God has made his own image. Therefore, we certainly don't make our own images because we have one. His name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the 21st century and we have all the drawings and paintings of Jesus. We have um, different kinds of Jesus. There's the um, kind of the prototypical um, blonde flowing hair, blue eyes. I call him Mormon Jesus, which might get me in trouble with some folks, but that's what I call him. Um, it's, it's surfer Jesus. Yeah, kind him. of that, you know, hippie Jesus. But then there's also the different um, artistic renderings of Jesus according to different cultures. And so there's Jesus with different skin tones, different, um, you know. Some of that's true, though, down through the ages, not just absolutely, the 21st. So absolutely. I mean, the Christian I mean, art like, is part of the history of the church and an important part. So Right. What, what I'm getting at is that we, in the 21st century. I wish century, you could see Marcos's face of disdain because he's trying to make a point and I won't let him do he it. He just, he's like, I'm, but to the listener, to the listener, they've been chippy all day with each other. This is just in a continuation. And I get a front just, row seat. <laughs> Yeah, he would sell tickets. <laughs> he to can this. see it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is, when we get to the 21st century, we have all of those historic reference um, renderings that Tim was talking about. Thank you for that super helpful clarification, and all the ones that we're creating now. And we have the Jesuses that are showing up in these films. Mm-hmm. And my question to you, Tim, is: Does the actor playing Jesus in a, in a film like The Chosen or Jim Caviezel in uh, The Passion of the Christ or the guy who played Jesus in the Jesus film that was used by crew forever. I mean, the Jesus film was is incredibly successful way of sharing the gospel with people who have never heard the, the gospel and don't have the Bible written in their language. Um, incredibly helpful piece of, of film in the missions context. Are they violating the second commandment? So I, I don't think that's a, I mean, it would be hard for me to say it's a yes or no. Obviously, people are going to land in different places on this, but I understand why people feel like it is. I, I have an empathy for that. I, I can make the case for that, but I also know that if you say they are violating the second commandment, then you probably would do well to go through your Sunday school rooms and take every piece of curriculum out that you have for the, the elementary and nursery school kids, every cartoon drawing of Jesus, everything. You, you got to go all the way. And I don't know that it's every possible time, to do that. Every time your four-year-old in nursery school and church right. draws Jesus with right. a son and a, you rip it up and you send that kid to timeout. Well, right, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, but it's like that's mean. Wow. Um, no. What did you call that? Chippy. That's, that's, but what I'm what I'm getting at here is right. Clearly, right. We have it's, to like right. don't become overly legalistic yeah. about this. You have you can in the same way that we last week we talked about the Sabbath. Like the the, the heart and the intent of the Sabbath is more important than le- legalities of it because it's very hard to absolutely perfectly obey the Sabbath. You're just not going to do it. Somebody can always push harder and say there's something right. else you're not doing. So I think that, you know, this is the world we live in. We are a visually oriented culture. We're a media oriented culture. Um, I don't think, I, I, I don't think that it's, it's necessary to wipe it out entirely. Um, but I understand the concerns and I think that yeah. we need to be careful of them. I mean, I don't, 
I'm not advocating for stained glass pictures in the church of Jesus. So, but I understand the tradition. So it's, it's a, I mean, I understand in, in the tradition of the church that having stained glass images in the church was a way to, to picture the gospel mm-hmm. uh, for those who were illiterate. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing to do. Right. Um, and I don't think that the average person is walking in and worshiping a, a piece of stained glass. Right. But if they're being misled somehow, um, that becomes problematic. And I want to get I want to get to the potential of misleading here in a minute, but I I do also want to say this. I I think that when it comes to um, this conversation of whether or not a show like The Chosen or The Passion of the Christ um, or its sequel that's coming out in a few years, um, when those images, if they impact your conscience in a way that bothers you, you shouldn't watch it. Mm-hmm. Conscience really is important here, sure. and mm-hmm. um, this is something that's important in the Reformed tradition. That God is the God of the conscience, and if your conscience is pricked, that should be a warning to you that maybe you shouldn't walk down this road. Maybe it's going to cause problems for you. Because um, if you're not careful, you'll sear your conscience, as, you will. as Paul says in Timothy. So you want to be careful not to let that happen. Right. So if there's somebody you know listening who's like, yeah, I really just can't watch those things because it it messes with me, mm-hmm. then my encouragement to all the folks around that person is don't push the yeah. chosen or passionate because I have seen a little bit of that. Sure. Oh, but you really should. It's like, but they don't want to, right. and maybe their conscience is warning them not to, yeah. and we need to respect that, right? right? This is the eating meat sacrifice to idols thing, right? There's <laughs> consciences in play here. We want to be aware of that. And I think that's the tricky thing with, so you, so you transition into something like the chosen or the passion or any, I didn't know there was a sequel coming out, but okay. Um, and what tends to happen a lot is these things catch fire, you know, metaphorically in the church and everybody gets excited about them. And I mean, back in the day with the passion, I remember people saying that this is like the greatest tool for evangelism. And I thought, well, actually we have one. It's, it's the Bible. I mean, like the the problem with something like the chosen is you look at the chosen and listen, there's a lot of stuff on TV. 98% of it, you probably shouldn't be watching. Um, so we want to be careful with this. The tricky thing about something like the chosen is you think it's okay to watch. So you let your guard down. Like when you're watching something that's not appropriate and somebody uses bad language, you go, yeah, I know I shouldn't say that. Like it's clear. Right. Um, but when you watch something like this, your guard is down and you're more likely to take what the writers of the chosen having to do this, to tell the story, they're taking literary license and you're going to make that biblical if you're not careful. Yes. That's what I want to get to with the misleading. And this is, this is my concern with the chosen. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm saying if you do watch it, watch critically, right? The chosen is a fictional television show. Mm -hmm. Can we, I want to start there. It is a fictional television show. It is not what happened. If you want to know what happened, read the Bible. Right. It is a fictional, just like... But here's, if you here's, were to, the, here's the thing, right? When they tell a story, they're telling an episode that takes 45 minutes to an hour, and they're telling something that's a parable or two, or it's a par, it's a chapter in the, in the Bible. It takes five minutes to read and 50 minutes to tell in the show. So obviously the, the writer has to take literary license to flesh out a story into an episode. That's right. that's where it be, that's where it becomes tricky. So, for example, um, there's a there's a movie that came out uh, like oh man, it's been like ten plus years now that I absolutely love. It's called Lincoln, 
and it's about surprisingly Abraham Lincoln. Really? And uh, yeah, in fact, I thought it was about the car. Um, well, you know what? That'd have been interesting. <laughs> I think there was a movie about the Lincoln, the, lawyer. The Lincoln lawyer. Right? Um, Don't no. watch that. So um, I, I haven't seen the Lincoln <laughs> Lawyer. Uh, <laughs> we're not recommending. I loved the movie Lincoln. Um, if you want to know what happened. Don't take your history from the movie Lincoln. Right. Take your history from a history book. Right. That's a different like that, I think, is a helpful way for people to approach the chosen. Don't take your theology, your biblical knowledge or your understanding of Jesus from the chosen. Mm -hmm. Please don't take right. that from the Bible. Right. This can be a helpful, cool television show that you can enjoy with your friends and family. It can spark good conversation. But oh. when it becomes your theological grid right. or it becomes the way you understand the Bible, now we have a real problem. And, and there's some little ways that this can happen. Matthew, early on in The Chosen, um, he is portrayed as, I don't know if it's autism or Asperger's, he's clearly on the spectrum. And I did have someone say to me a couple of years back, did you know Matthew was autistic? We don't know if he was autistic or not. Most likely he wasn't. The odds would say, scientific odds would say he wasn't. Um, they made an artistic choice to portray Matthew in a particular way in a fictional television show. I'm not going to throw stones at that. That's fine. But don't then read that back into the Bible and say, therefore, this is true. Right. <laughs> That's the piece and the where we can get I, misled. And I think the tricky thing with that is when you say it, pretty much everybody's going to go, no, I don't, I don't do that. The danger becomes it's not that you don't do it intentionally. It's that you're, you're in danger of doing it unintentionally, unconsciously, just because you're not thinking that. You're sitting down, you're watching this show, you're relaxing, and you're just taking it in and feeling good about the fact that you're watching something good. And now this gets me more familiar with Scripture rather than letting Scripture be the thing that gets you more familiar with Scripture, right? So it's not, it's not, it's all, those are good things, but it's the, it's the subtle subconscious letting of your guard down that is dangerous. Jeff has a question. Was there, was there a reason why they went? Because you're saying that it's very unlikely that he was on the spectrum in that way. Was there like any indication what, like the filmmakers, the filmmakers, in, in no, the filmmakers wanted to demonstrate the um, inclusivity of Jesus right. in, in the building of the, of his 12 mm -hmm. disciples. You do have a tax collector and a zealot, for example, right? These mm -hmm. are people on polar opposites of what we would call a political spectrum. Um, and Jesus brings people from these different areas into his, his 12. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they just amplified this a little bit by making Matthew mm -hmm. neurodivergent. I guess I just thought that when, when you were saying that there was no, that it was very unlikely, I thought you were basing that off of something. I'm basing the fact, the reason I'm saying it's unlikely is because autism is, um, the minority and a, and a small minority of people. Right. So because of that, there is a minority chance that he was, but there's nothing in scripture to indicate that he was, mm -hmm. which we have to then say, most likely he wasn't if he was okay, but we don't know that. And what we don't want to do is then say, look at how Jesus welcomed in a neurodivergent pre a person by bringing in Matthew. Listen, he welcomes in the neurodivergent. He loves them. We don't need Matthew to be that for that to be true. And we can then misunderstand a little bit. And that's a small thing. We can really, when we apply that to Jesus, start to misunderstand him. And that's a big problem. And so, again, I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm saying watch it for what it is. Right. It's a fictional television show, not the scriptures. And when we treat it like it's the scriptures or when we allow it to um, 
kind of in a in an implied way impact the way we read the scriptures now we're running into some issues um because it can distort sometimes it can amplify sometimes it can you know it can draw out some of the cultural backgrounds and stuff that are kind of cool that us that a a commentary would do or that is there in the text if you understand the history um and by the way it's it, it to call us as pastors to account you should have that same filter on and that guard yeah. on when you're listening to a sermon on Sunday morning because I'm not just reading the text, I'm expounding on the text. And you should be looking for that's different. I understand yeah. that it's different. But what I'm saying is, you know, you want to be you want to be sticking to the text, right? That's the that's that's what we're after. But I actually that actually leads me to another like hmm. It's different. I it's not that I'm not I get it. No, no, it's no, it's no. very different. I understand that, but I sort think... of the idea that it's not just those things out there that are bad. I mean, there's plenty of... It's not hard for us to say, hey, there's lots of pastors that preach from the Bible, and it's not sound. Oh, sure. Right? Like, so, you know... But this is this is the other thing about um, The Chosen, that, again, watch it for what it is, but don't overdo it. Our theology and our understanding of the Scripture is developed over time in our community under shepherds that God has given us mm -hmm. to care for us. That's why you have a session. That's why you have pastors. And the chosen is this outside thing being brought in. Mm -hmm. And here's something I can see happening that I just want to, because it's happened with YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so because it's happened with YouTube, I could see it happening with the chosen. Well, the chosen says X mm -hmm. and my pastor says Y. Therefore, I'm going to reject what my pastor says because the chosen said this over here. Mm -hmm. And I have had YouTube preachers from other traditions and other parts of the country and other parts of the world used against me for some of the things that I've taught in the in, in the church. And that's different than listening with a discerning ear. Sure. That's absolutely. using an outside thing to um, check your pastor when it's not necessarily coming from the same tradition. It's not necessarily coming from the same biblical interpretive grid. Right. Um, and and it's not your community. Right. You and can it, disagree with your pastor. Disagree yeah. with your pastor if you think he's wrong. It, but does, like, it also doesn't have the history the of like like comparing it to like the confessions or the creeds right. that doesn't have a longevity of history that supports and strengthens yeah. its 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 val validity. So yeah, those those are those are all very good points. I I, I wasn't saying it. I was just making a comparison. Like no, you, yeah, you, you want right. your guard on, you recognize that. Have your guard on when you're watching something like that. And and I think, you know, this is this is just something that we want to be aware of. Yeah, I think you you said it right. Our guard is already up with things that are clearly secular or non-Christian. Our guards come down when we watch something that seems like it's Christian. Right. And same with music. Yeah. Same with Christian books. You know, it says pastor on the front. So my guard came down and you ended up reading and believing some random weird stuff because it's it it pastor on the front, right? It makes it yeah. much more dangerous. So we don't want to be less discerning. No. We want to be more discerning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we take the opposite tack, which is why I wanted to have this conversation because I'm like, I, I I appreciate what The Chosen is doing. Yeah. Um, I do like that you can watch it with an unbelieving friend and you can have a conversation about the things of Jesus afterwards. I think yeah. there's ways to use it. Sure. I think it can be a tool. Um, but I mean, me personally, I don't watch it. And yeah, I haven't watched it. I mean, I think I watched like one episode. I'm in the same place. I saw one episode and went, wow, that is really well done. It's well done. It's, um, there's no question. It's well done. It's really good. But that's the thing that struck me. I'm like, they're they're making an episode long, a 50-minute mm. episode out of something that takes me three or five yeah. minutes to read. So you know it's taking a lot of license. So. Is that something as pastors where you're thinking, 
a good portion of the congregation is consuming this, I ought to watch it for myself. Is that? Um, no, I watched it because um, it was the pandemic. The first season came out for free. Somehow you could watch it on Apple or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and we were curious. I was just curious. I wanted to see what this was. But um, here's, here's why I've chosen not to watch it. Hey, here's why I've chosen not to watch it. As a pastor, it is my job to um, proclaim the word of God as the word of God. I am, I am tasked with rightly dividing the word of truth when I preach. And I don't in any way want a television show to influence my interpretation of the Bible because I am culpable before God of how I present the scriptures. And so as a preacher and a pastor, I've chosen to not watch this because I don't want it to impact my understanding of the text. I want my understanding of the text to come from the text and from my read of history and from my understanding of the catechisms and confessions and from other biblical scholars who've done work in the area. I even those things I'm reading in with discernment on because it's the text that I want to bring forward. Mm -hmm. And I love movies. And we've talked about that on the show. I am, I am a, a movie lover mm -hmm. and we're probably um, just getting Tim's finding this out now, like in a couple episodes, we're going to be talking about, we're going to do like a nerd episode where we just talk about our favorite science fiction type stuff, like just a fun episode. Mm -hmm. um, I love that stuff, but I'm not worried that my preaching of Matthew is going to be impacted by Star Trek. I am a little more worried that my preaching of Matthew could be influenced by the chosen, and I don't want to go there. So, so just, just as a, a pastor, just, I haven't, I haven't. Just done an it. interesting piggyback on that too. I, I think when you're talking about like you're, you're you are discerning, but uh, tap into not just scripture, but creeds and confessions, catechisms, and biblical scholars um, dis with discernment. I think some might say, yeah, but a show like The Chosen also uses biblical scholars. And, sure. I th and I think that's true, but it's probably worth saying, yes, I'm sure that they do. But all of that is submissive to the the ar artist's rendition of the final product, right? So it's not... The scholar has a whole yeah. lot of say, probably, on that set, yeah. but not ultimate say. And, that's, and that's probably the difference. And on top of that, just from the way I'm wired, I am more wired... Maybe it's my generation, maybe it's just the way that I, I consume media... I am more wired to remember that those images are going to stick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I can just, I remember random movie facts. I'm the guy who is like a walking IMDB Rolodex sometimes, right? Drives my wife crazy. Um, Not just her. That's yeah. That's <laughs> going to stick. That show is going to stick in my head. And when I'm preaching a gospel, I don't want those images in there. No, that's fair. Because, that's, I, you that's, know, yeah. so that's just me. I've, that's why I've chosen not to do it. But if you're aware, I'm sensitive if you're, to others who have chosen not to do it. If you're aware that that's going to have that kind of an impact on you. Your conscience comes into play. But what I'm saying is it's also noteworthy to say it's even easier to be unaware of those influences and to be intentional yeah. about trying to be to be uh, to be aware. So. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up now because okay. I think we've I think we've gone where we needed to go with that one. Tim, your it's your favorite Christian movie you've ever seen. There's got to be one. There really isn't. I the don't sigh, know. the closed eyes. I I don't uh, I don't tend to watch a lot of it to be honest with you. There's there's got to be one. Like from back in the day, crossing the switchblade or Mighty Ducks. 
No, no. <laughs> My goodness. Goonies? Uh, I didn't know that qualified, but... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's our that's our. I'm assuming that everyone. you have one, so let's just... No, you know. I was just curious. I, I See, my favorite Christian film? I mean, like... I don't know. I, I haven't watched... I mean, I've watched a lot of them. I haven't enjoyed very many of them, I'll be honest. Um, and, you know, there's people that do, and I don't... And that's fine. Obviously, there's there's a market for sure. it. It's just... I. I don't tend to watch those kind of it's things. It's certainly better than some of the stuff sure. that gets consumed out there, right? So yeah. content-wise, you're not going to be dealing with a lot of sexuality. You're not going to be dealing with a bunch of foul language, stuff mm-hmm. like that. All I wish is that the acting was better, the directing is like just a better product would be awesome. But um, but there's some decent stuff out there. You know, people have really enjoyed the movies that have come out of Georgia, um, uh, Facing the Giants. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched those. Those yeah, were good. Yeah, there's some I good stuff out of those. there. Those were good. Um, so yeah, there's some stuff out there that's good, but what I would really recommend, and and this is just a, if you're going to watch these kinds of things, um, make sure that you're not embracing this as true. Keep it as fiction. That's yeah. just my, that's my, like my ultimate, it is a piece of fiction. Let it be what it is. Enjoy it for what it is. But don't think of it as, oh, that's a faithful rendering. Like, like here's, I've, I've heard this too. At least it's not Noah. I've gotten that. Yeah. Noah by Darren Aronofsky, has Russell Crowe as Noah. He builds the ark, uh, has a strong environmentalist message, and includes rock monsters as the Nephilim that are briefly mentioned in the scriptures, right? Um, Not at all like a biblical rendering of the flood event, but as a film, fascinating, and it's a piece of fiction. I'm not going to the movies to get a clear picture of Noah. I'm going to the movies to watch a movie. And but if you're not careful, that's what you're going to do. So. Right. With The Chosen, go watch The Chosen as a TV show, yeah. not as the word of God. That's Some, all I'm saying. That's, I sometimes just I, th- I think, too, that. the uh, now that you're reminding me, some like the face and the giants and things like that. I mean, they're, they're fine. What I always have a problem with is it doesn't. It always has a happy ending. Uh, and that's not always the case. We in took life. care of that this past weekend, didn't we? <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah, throughout the series. Jeremiah. Yeah. <sighs> but I think that's it's really important to recognize that, you know, God has uh, a plan for his people, but that doesn't mean every individual in that people group throughout yeah. the ages has a great life on earth or has, has a problem resolved. And that's a right. really, really important, more true to the scriptures it's observation. Is vital. Um, so well, that, that's probably the thing that I would say to that. But Yeah, so just have your discernment cap on. Um, be aware when you're watching Christian um, material, Christian film, Christian music, Christian books, especially have your discernment add on. Don't take it off for that just because you think it's safe. Just be aware. The mm-hmm. scriptures are true. Everything else is an approximation. And be willing to uh, be willing to treat it as it is. I think so. it, might, it might be a cool thing to say if I'm watching an episode of The Chosen, where is this in the Gospels? And and take five or ten minutes to read it. You might have to read more than one gospel. There might be it might be in several places. But sure. how long is that going to take you, honestly, to do it? A lot less time it'll take you to watch the episode. Oh, there you go. So yeah, read I've had it. Stuff and like that happen, huh? I've had stuff like that happen where because I have watched, I, I haven't watched this last season, but I've mm-hmm. watched it with my wife, and I remember, actually, I can't see you, Tim, but I remember um, asking you about a question, something from the show. I I didn't realize that. Jacob's well was the same well as Samaritan woman. Mm. Oh, mm. right. Mm-hmm. It is. 
I think so. I didn't know that. So I think it is. I probably didn't get into that. that I don't know that that's stated in the Samaritan woman text. It might Mm. be. I'd have to read it. Yeah, I'd have to look at that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, I remember us talking about. I guess I don't remember exactly where we landed, but I think in the in the show it sets that up because it shows Mm. uh, Jacob's well scene, and then it shows it's telling the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Interesting. And uh, it's John four. Yeah, you can go look it up. But I mean, that's that's a. But I think, you know, that's a, that's a great example right there, what you're saying. Yeah. You know, if you have questions about things you see in The Chosen, email us. Yeah, like, sure. Feel free to ask us those questions. Okay. And and just because if you get an answer saying, yeah, that's not quite biblical, doesn't mean you need to hate the show now. It just means you know, treat the show as it is, enjoy it for what it is, but make sure that what you put your faith in is the scriptures yeah. and in, in, um, in the revelation God has given us through his word. So... Um, All right. I think that's it for today. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back with you again next week for another episode of Goodwill Talk. This has been season 14, episode six. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci and Jeff DiMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.